the Roman Empire, the 24-7 Championship. And this Sunday, we're on the road to WrestleMania, and we're going in the fast lane. All this and more on today's episode of Tap Out Talk. Let's get right in with our top story, the Roman Empire. So I want to talk to you guys about the latest happenings in since last summer in the WWE's push of Roman Reigns as a heel. As you guys know, they've been using Roman for a long time, and he's cousins with The, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And they've really been pushing Roman and pushing him. And no matter what they try, they just keep it always feels forced. I've always said for the longest time that Roman needed, you know, he had a good in-ring skill, he had a good look, but he needed a mouthpiece to help with those promotions and those interviews. And the WWE finally did that, and they gave him Paul Heyman as his manager, and from there, made him the typical heel in the industry. Paul Heyman's done a phenomenal job putting Roman over. With that storyline, they played into Roman's natural heritage, which is part of the Samoan dynasty and the Samoan family. They've actually even introduced the Usos, who are the real-life cousins of Roman Reigns, into the storyline. And while they were reluctant to join their cousin at first, they eventually did give in, and they actually had Roman beating them and dominating both of them in matches. In return, they had to recognize Roman as the head of the table, or the high chief of the Samoan tribe. I love this story because it hasn't really been done before, and I love the fact that they got the Usos that are slowly coming along as members of the family dynasty, but yet they actually have a little resentment to him, but then they're slowly just kind of coming along. So it creates a little bit of a barrier there, but also shows that the blood aspect and the family aspect is also a bigger part, an important part of it. So I want to actually kind of expand on this a little because I know when Paul Heyman writes a story, he's been known for saying that he always writes the ending first and then figures out a way to lead up to that ending. And I think in wrestling, that's a good rule to follow. And, you know, we kind of know Paul is a creative genius. So I want to expand on this a little bit and see where this whole story arc has taken us and where does it end? So, you know, we've talked on the show in the past about Roman versus Brock Lesnar and that little bit of conflict between who does Paul Heyman side with. And I think that can be done or that can be done, you know, way down the line in the future. But for now, there's really a story here to tell. And uh, there's backstage reports that actually have said that the WWE is having mild talks behind the scenes of adding another member to this stable. Right now, you have a stable of three men, Roman Reigns and the Uso brothers, And it's very comfortable for Roman because Roman is used to a a trio in a stable of three people. Kind of reminds you of the shield a little bit. So what I kind of propose to you guys today is who else would make sense to join this dynasty? I think they need to go with a Samoan dynasty and they could really build this thing up. So let's look at the possible candidates that can be a part of this. First and foremost, let's start with Tamina Snuka. Tamina is the daughter of the Hall of Fame and legend and the late, great Jimmy Snuka. Uh, Tamina has definitely got wrestling in her blood. 
Um, okay wrestler. Obviously, she was under her dad's shadow a little bit and had a little bit of a rough time with his passing. But Tamina has always been, you know, kind of that name, that snooka name in the Samoan world. And I think that, you know, Tamina being added to this group, yeah, it could make a little sense if the WWE really wanted to add another female to that group. Another route they could go is Nia Jax, also the cousin of the of the Rock and all these uh, Roman and the Usos. Nia um, is part of that dynasty, and Nia Jax has you know had a pretty good run. Vince McMahon likes to call her the Andre Giant of the women's division, and I think that's you know kind of a good moniker for Nia. Um, she's had her ups and downs of being a little rough in the ring sometimes, and there's been reports of that. But all in all, you know, I kind of criticized the WWE a little bit for bringing her up from NXT a little early. So they put her in a position to where, you know, she wasn't hasn't worked out all the uh, wrinkles, so to speak. So I think there could be an opportunity for Nia to also be a part of that Roman Empire we're talking about. Other option would be Naomi, who is married to one of the Usos. And so she is part of the family by marriage. So that also could come into play, and she could be in the corner of the Usos while also sometimes resenting Roman for how he treats them. And that could create a nice little divide in the group, possibly, uh, the woman coming in between the family members. And I think that could tap into a real-life story that you know all of us may have experienced at one point in time. And then there's the big one. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Question is is as soon as The Rock comes into this group, Roman kind of naturally takes a back seat because that creates a little bit of a divide and a shift. And how could these two forces actually be part of the same group? But it would introduce an interesting dynamic because The Rock could actually be, you know, that little adversary, much like he did with the Nation of Domination and slowly try to take over. And Roman could fight him on it, which that could be the end game here and the story for the main event of WrestleMania maybe next year where Roman versus The Rock and that could really shine the lights. And I heard WrestleMania is actually supposed to be in L.A. next year. Um, You know, that could it's kind of always up in the air right now, but that could be, you know, Mr. L.A., Mr. Hollywood himself, The Rock, and along with Roman. And I could see that match actually headlining. So the question is, is. Who do we introduce into this dynasty and who do we introduce into the Roman Empire? Let's say we introduce all of them. We would have Roman as the universal champion like he is now. We would have the Usos as the tag team champions. Ironically, Nia Jax and Tamina Snuka could be the they could be the women's tag team championships and that would actually give some credibility to that title if it was part of this dynasty in this Roman Empire and it was part of this big main story so and that those divisions um, especially the women's tag team that needs help so it really does need some recognition and then you have Naomi who could hold one of the women's titles so now you could have a Samoan dynasty of champions. And then, of course, The Rock, he does not need the title. He is the people's champion, right? And he's kind of going to come in there as a way to split the group up a little bit. Anyway, that's one way that I could see this playing out if we used all the current WWE uh, talent in this story arc. I actually want to propose another idea for you guys. What if this Roman Empire is built and everybody is involved in this Samoan dynasty? However, there's one more 
Samoan that nobody's talking about. This guy that I'm talking about has never been in the WWE. Yet he is a very important part of Samoan heritage. He's actually from a different tribe. And that man I am talking about is Tama Tonga. A lot of you guys will not know who Tama Tonga is if you only watch the WWE. But he is actually the son of Haku. Very famous Samoan wrestler in the 80s and 90s. And uh, very you know known around the industry of wrestling. Especially on the indie scene. He's actually really famous over in New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. And Tama has never um, been a part of the WWE. He could come in and target the Roman Empire. And try to actually infiltrate it and take over as the new tribal chief. And if you guys see Tama, he even has the look of a bit of a Roman type shield look. With a little bit of the vest and the um, armor type outfit. But the other thing about him is I love when he puts on the face paint. He looks like a Samoan warrior. A Samoan prince that could take over a dynasty and challenge a whole empire. Maybe be that man to take down the evil empire. I really like this idea. I don't know if the WWE would be able to sign Tama Tonga. But it would be an instant way to build a credible guy. And to for him to take down a group like that or take over a group like that. You're talking instant star. And it's been a long time since the WWE has really brought somebody in from the outside and just shot them to the moon and slapped the jetpack on them. So just some things to think about with the Roman Empire and, you know, could it be The Rock? Absolutely. In the long run, could it be a guy like Tom Tonga and would he fit with the WWE? If you guys have some comments on that, let me know. Let's go to our next story. The 24 Championship. I have been wanting to talk about this for a while. I just want to say um, I hate this championship. I'm just going to go a little off the script here. I hate this championship. I mean, when you look at it, it's a horrible design. Uh, The idea is that this championship could be defended 24-7 all the time, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And, you know, this championship was created for all the wrong reasons. The USA Network came to the WWE and they said, we like the show, we like Raw, but we want it to be a little more funny. And while there can be humor in pro wrestling, I just, I'm like, you know, I feel that it needs to be built in storyline and not in a prop or a title. Um, this championship, you know, a terrible design. It's got like this money green leather and a big gold. It looks like a big gold record platinum, you know, record. Um, with it just, it looks like it should be in the music industry and not in the WWE. Um, on top of that, the championship's been just silly. It consists of a bunch of people running around. And running all over the place and trying to roll them up and pin them. And, um, you know, years ago when they had the hardcore championship with the 24-7 stipulation, I didn't mind it as much because the hardcore championship was the actual WWE championship. was the winged eagle leather championship that actually headlined WrestleManias. And it was then broken and smashed and duct taped back together. And it was the hardcore championship. 
And then they took and had the 24-7 rule, which was ironically started by Crash Holly. Um, so then what happened was, you know, it kind of caught wind and people liked it. Well, the problem with this is it's just a bunch of kind of nonsense that's went around. And there's been so many champions I can't think of who's actually even held all this. I'd be interested to make a list of this thing. But the latest champion has really just got under my skin a little bit. Um, Bad Bunny is your 24-7 champion and one of the many. So for you guys that don't know, Bad Bunny is a famous musician. Um, He recently actually won a Grammy for Best Latino Artist and you know, half of his music is in, you know, the Latino languages. Um, for me, this is a publicity stunt. The WWE is buying publicity. This te- thing tends to happen around WrestleMania season. WrestleMania is meant to be the mix of stars and wrestlers all in the building at once. You know, Hollywood actors and musicians and pro wrestlers and football players. And it's meant to be the, the big stage, right? It's the Super Bowl of wrestling. So we've now taken this WWE 24-7 championship and we've recognized Bad Bunny as a champion in the WWE. Bad Bunny. I, I, it's, it's, I, I'm trying not to laugh because, you know, we're recording on this, but I am like, are you... You know, and it's nothing against, um, let's call him Mr. Bunny. It's nothing against him. It's, you know, I know he's taken advantage of an opportunity that was put upon him, but the WWE is really just killing the credit with this title. And what they're doing, though, is they're trying to gain national publicity for the product that's dwindling in ratings a little bit. And they're trying to pull in that casual fan. So what they did is they gave this championship to Bad Bunny, and he has been running all over town. And he actually took the title and brought it with him on his recent Saturday Night Live appearance. And he had the title with him at the Grammys. So he's, you know, definitely got a following. And by the way, he also has been the number one merchandise sale in the WWE.shop.com for the last month. So, I mean, you know, take that for what it is. That tells you that people are not truly eyes on the product right now. And, but... This guy, but Bad Bunny, definitely. The bunny has a following. All the way down his bunny trail. So, hippity hoppy goes to Saturday Night Live. And then he goes on to the Grammys with this title. And the WWE has been riding this momentum train and publicity stunt for the last few weeks. Um, again, I, I guess it's better than this title than to make him the world champion. But... Uh, you know this is leading towards a WrestleMania appearance, and they're going to have him at the show. And the reality is, you know, they've been kind of teasing The Miz versus Bad Bunny, and they've been kind of back and forth. And The Miz actually broke his DJ's table at the Royal Rumble, and The Bunny came in and tried to interfere in the match. Um, you know, and I cannot wait for The Miz to actually get his hands on there because The Miz, my tag team partner, Team Bro Ohio, I love... My man, The Miz, and I cannot wait until The Miz kind of just embarrasses him a little bit at Mania. But we're going to wait on for that. So, Bad Bunny is your 24-7 champion until 
last Monday. Our truth is now a 50-time WWE 24/7 champion. Our truth. I will say with this title, our truth has done a really good job kind of adding a little comedy to this title and keeping it relevant. If it wasn't for our truth, this title would not be relevant. But if you think about it, and if I was to tell you who is a 50-time champion in the WWE, you guys would have a hard time coming up with this, but our truth is now a 50-time champion because last Monday on Raw, he actually didn't even have to pin Bad Bunny for the championship. This is how good it is. He actually traded for the title. So our truth got the 24-7 championship back. And Bad Bunny, in return, got some Stone Cold Steve Austin memorabilia. He got a Stone Cold Steve Austin replica smoke and skull title. He got a Stone Cold Steve Austin lunchbox that he traded for the 24-7 championship back to our truth Bad Bunny did kind of mention he respects the industry, and that's why he wanted to give the title also back to R-Truth. I think that's a nice way to try to show that he does respect this world, even though if it doesn't respect itself sometimes. But um, I know I'm coming across very harsh on this, but um, you know the title definitely does belong on R-Truth if it belongs anywhere. I just don't know how long we're going to be able to keep this up. So for now, the title is back where it belongs on the 50 time 24 7 365 champion our truth and um i would like to him just to kind of keep this title for a while i'm a fan of long title reigns anyway i think it makes the title mean something so the bunny is no longer the champion that silly wabbit and our truth is now back in the driver's seat as a 50 time champion let's move on Have you ever wondered how to get Vince McMahon's phone number? Have you ever considered what it would be like if you got his phone number and called him and the reaction that you guys would get? You would probably get a few choice words. You'd probably get um, wondering how you got this number and somebody else would probably get fired. So Vince McMahon, um, one superstar, one former Hall of Fame superstar actually recently said on a podcast how you would actually get Vince McMahon's phone number. Kurt Angle recently actually spilled the beans on this one, and it's not a great scoop, but he actually said if you wanted Vince McMahon's phone number, all you had to do was become WWE champion. That's right. Not everybody in the company actually has Vince's phone number, and he um, doesn't give his phone number out to talent unless until they become WWE champion. And then that day he actually hands them the phone number, but it comes with a price. Vince McMahon calls now that he has your number and you have his, you can call him anytime. But if he calls you, you better answer. Kurt said, you imagine that you're singing happy birthday to your kids and they're opening their gifts and blowing out the candles. And you're like, Oh, oh, hold on a second. My phone's ringing. It's Vince McMahon. Stop what I'm doing. I think we've all maybe worked for somebody like that at one point in our careers. Um, That's kind of a terrible environment. Now, the WWE, I do understand because 
it's probably not as bad as it seems because the fact that when you are taking on the face of the company and you're the head, you have an opportunity to make a lot of money. And so does Vince. And so does with you. You have that chance to make a lot of money, but you do trade off. When you say yes to something, you say no to something else. And that's anything in life. So when you say yes to be in the face of the WWE, you actually are saying no to a lot of other things because you're choosing your career. John Cena has shown this a lot on some reality shows. And you can see he's put off a lot of aspects of his life. But Kurt Angle, um, you know, there it is. How do you get Vince McMahon's phone number and being able to call him anytime? Um, don't sign up for, you know, a special cell phone plan. All you got to do is sign up for wrestling training and someday become WWE champion and you'll get Vince's number. So just a little tidbit and fun in there. I wanted to add in, but I thought it was an interesting little blip. Let's move ahead. We have our next Hall of Fame class of 2021 inductee announcement. Eric Bischoff is now going to be inducted in this year's Hall of Fame class. Um, some people called this controversial. I do not agree. I mean, Bischoff does belong in the Hall of Fame. This guy actually changed the way that wrestling was done. Wrestling used to be taped years ago and then released on Raw. Raw used to be taped weeks in advance. And when Eric Bischoff took over Nitro in WCW and he did it live... And he would go on the air and actually read WWF Raw and their results live on the air so people would steal the ratings over to WCW. This man caused the WWE to go to a live film schedule and not actually have taped matches. So he he affected the industry. He was also part of the creation of the New World Order, who was also being inducted this year in the Hall of Fame. And we're going to do a future podcast on Hall of Fame and memorable moments in each of these guys' careers. So... Um, I'm going to be having a special uh, radio personality friend of mine to actually do that podcast with me in the future. So I want to save the stories for there, but I do want to make the announcement. Yes, Eric Bischoff is Hall of Fame worthy, and he is your next inductee in the 2021 Hall of Fame. And as promised, we are on the road to WrestleMania, and we are in the fast lane. This is the closest pay-per-view to the WrestleMania card that we can get, and we're zooming down the road. This Sunday, WWE Fastlane. Now, I want you guys to understand this pay-per-view is meant to be a transitional pay-per-view to the big dance that is WrestleMania. Sometimes I feel like we get to a point where we say every pay-per-view should be a five-star pay-per-view and it should just wow everybody. That's not how this industry was built. This industry was actually built for a long time with just having a big four pay-per-views a year. Okay, think about that. That's one pay-per-view a quarter of the year. So those big four pay-per-views were the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And that's all you got. And then the WWE slowly changed that model and started having monthly uh, transition shows called In Your House, where they actually tried to build up. And those shows were two hours long. I actually would like to see the WWE get back to these types of shows being four, or not four hours long, but actually being two hours long. So just a taste in the next step. So you can kind of think of them being Raw or SmackDown, but a little bit more amped up on steroids. So let's go over some of the matches we have this Sunday, but let's keep that in mind that these are the preview and these are going to help set up the next big stage of Mania. So first up, 
our first match is going to be the women's tag team titles. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are going to defend their titles against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Interesting note here, Bianca Belair won the women's Royal Rumble, which gives her the right to challenge Sasha, in this case, for the women's title. So I think this could be an interesting uh, title change here. I believe that Nia and Shayna held on to the titles, but they kind of gelled, but they haven't really. And I think those two actually could pass these titles on to Sasha and Bianca Belair. Nobody really cares about the women's tag team titles because they haven't been carried right. Uh, The first step to that, I think, is if you put that on Sasha and Bianca and let them be conflicting co-champions and then eventually help showcase those titles at Mania a little bit. So they're fighting for the women's championship, but they're also co-championship contenders, and that can eventually blow up. That would be the first step to getting the titles recognition on TV and on the Mania card without having an extra match. And then eventually you could start having those titles maybe being rebuilt through a tournament. There are options. But my pick here is going to be Sasha and Bianca. I went back and forth on the ideas of it, but I think it would be smart to throw the titles on them and have them co-share those titles up through their match at Mania. Other match that's going to be a title match this Sunday is going to be Big E Langston, who is your WWE Intercontinental Champion versus Apollo Crews. Now, this Intercontinental Championship has not been featured, honestly, very well in the last year. Um, they put the title on Big E, and you know, since they took away and changed the look of this title, and you know, they went from the classic white strap title to the new one. I just kind of it's lost its sizzle, right? And um, like I always say, sometimes you got to sell the sizzle and not the steak. So right now we're not getting sizzle and we're really not getting steak. So what I would like to see is I know Big E is a good talent and I know he works hard and he's done great work with the New Day and they want to kind of test him on different levels. And I think he can be that guy. But um, Apollo Crews right now really has reinvented himself lately. He has reinvented himself In the matter of, um, you know, he's a guy that they brought up from NXT that I said happened way too early. Way too early. You know, he just started to get a little steam in NXT and then they moved him right up the roster. And the result of that is he's been in the lower card for a while. And sometimes on the C shows, like main event. So, recently he's reinvented his character. He's found his voice. He's got, you know, a little bit of sizzle to him, so to speak. And he's challenging Big E for the title. Um, I'll be interested. You know, I can see the WWE going either way. You know, part of me says the Big E would retain this title to try to keep momentum for him. But I could see if the WWE wanted to pull a little bit of a swerve on us and go with this new Apollo Crews and say, let's see what the kid has and what he can do. They may be able to do that. So, you know, I'm going to go for another title change here. And I'm going to say Apollo Crews as a new Intercontinental Champion and hopefully, you know, pump some life back into this title. Our next matchup is an intergender match. And the WWE stayed away from this for quite a while. Now, I want to let you guys know intergender matches have actually happened in the world of wrestling. If you guys ever watched Lucha Underground, I highly recommend it. They do their um, they do a lot of intergender matches. There is really no divisions. and Except for they have a trio tag division and then they have a main championship. Um, you guys can actually, I believe it's on 2B TV, and it's completely free to stream and watch on that app. 
but they do their shows by season. So it's like season one of Lucha Underground, season two. And there's a lot of story and content development for these characters on that show. And they've had intergender matches with uh, wrestlers um, such as Sexy Star. I know that's an actual name, but she's actually a pretty good talent that can hang with the guys. And they've had a couple others as well. So this is the WWE's version of an intergender match. And they've never really done this before. And I honestly think they're not going to. I don't think they'll quite cross that line. If anybody will, it will be the Viper Randy Orton. They may have a light match where there is some... I think this is going to be more of a mental mind game match. So as you guys know, Randy Orton has been in this long-term feud with Bray Wyatt for a few years. And back in December, he actually had an Inferno match with The Fiend and burned him and his whole body on fire with gasoline and burned him alive. And we haven't seen The Fiend since or Bray Wyatt. But something tells me that The Fiend and Bray Wyatt are still around and they're going to be showing up this Sunday in some form. Alexa Bliss has not lost her powers. Bliss is actually still has all of her powers from The Fiend and I could see her, she's been getting the better of Randy and kind of messing with him pretty badly. Um, I could see a no contest here. That's what I'm going to call my prediction of Sunday. We're going to have a no contest. This is strictly a story match to maybe lay into the idea that The Fiend will come back. If not on Sunday, it'll happen on Monday night on a larger audience. So there's my prediction. No contest. A minimal intergender match. They're not going to have too much interaction. It's going to be more of a mental mind game as it's been so far. We also have Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. And this has been a good B-level feud between these two former friends that happened since the Elimination Chamber and Rumble. And they slowly just been feuding in the background. Um, Drew McIntyre lost his title to The Miz and lost the WWE Championship. And since then has been distracted. You know, The Miz, of course, went on to lose the title to Bobby Lashley. And then Drew McIntyre has been in this feud with Sheamus and it's been kind of keeping him away from the WWE title picture, but these guys have been having a nice back and forth match. They work well together. I could actually see, we do know that based on their last match, it was for the right to challenge for a world championship. So McIntyre did win that match. So it will be McIntyre going after Bobby Lashley's WWE championship at mania. But um, we have to tie up loose ends with this match here Sunday. And I do think Drew McIntyre wins this match. Um, the only thing I can see is maybe the WWE would throw a swerve at us and have Sheamus win, which would then pose the threat that Sheamus could be a part of the WrestleMania main event as well, along with McIntyre and Lashley. But I don't think it would stop there if they went that route. I also think a returning Brock Lesnar could shock everybody and beat down Bobby Lashley. And then we could have a fatal four-way elimination match at Fastlane, where it would be Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Brock Lesnar, challenging for Bobby Lashley's dominant WWE Championship. But for now, we're going to stick with Drew McIntyre winning, and we're going with a one-on-one traditional match for now with Bobby Lashley defending at Mania against Drew McIntyre. So definitely Drew McIntyre in this one. And finally, the main match of the evening will be the Universal Champion Roman Reigns of the Roman Empire 
defending his title against Daniel Bryan. They had a match back at Elimination Chamber, and Bryan got the short end of the stick and had to fight Roman after getting beat up in the chamber and winning. So this is a continuation of that story. A lot of circulation around that this could be Daniel Bryan's last WrestleMania moment. So um, people are wondering if he will win the title from Roman Reigns this Sunday. I do not believe that is the case. I believe Roman will retain here. I'm going to say that you know straight out. I'm very confident that Roman Reigns will still remain Universal Champion. This is not the night that Roman will lose the title. I do believe, though, that they will have a good match and Daniel could make an argument due to some sort of interference. We could have interference from Edge. We could have interference from one of the Usos. That would cost Daniel Bryan to get disqualified and then actually not have a chance to get, win the title or win the match and not win the title because of the champion's advantage rule. Uh, champion's advantage rule basically, as you guys know, says that the champion cannot lose the title via countout or disqualification unless the match is that type of match. So I could see Daniel Bryan getting screwed here a little bit, and then that would make a case to allow him into the main event of WrestleMania, which right now is set to be Roman Reigns versus Edge because Edge won the WWE Royal Rumble this year, giving him that right. I think Daniel Bryan could also get interjected in that match, and it has that WrestleMania 30 vibe when it was supposed to be Batista and Randy Orton, and Daniel Bryan won some matches and actually snuck his way into that main event and won the whole thing. Um, and it was a, one of the best WrestleMania's moments that we had in many years. So I'm going to say Roman definitely wins. It could be due to hook or crook, as they call it. But I think that um, we could see a triple threat at Mania between Roman, Edge, and Daniel Bryan if uh, the story and the way this thing goes can be called. Well, guys, that's everything that I wanted to cover today. So thanks for watching. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. It greatly helps out my channel. And for now, it's game over. And we'll see you on next week's edition of Tap Out Talk.